Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. And today I want to talk about how and why I got started in podcasting in the first place. It's not something that I typically gravitate towards. I typically go into hobbies or activities that are centered more around sports and competition. I used to justify doing those things because I figured, well, hey, I'm basically creating something, right? Like I'm playing a sport. I'm creating different moves on the basketball court or I'm not great at basketball, but you get my drift. I'm, I'm doing something with my athleticism to create some outcome. But the reality is I'm not actually creating anything tangible. So then I move forward into trying things like woodworking or drawing, thinking about doing art. None of it, frankly, has really been that interesting to me for whatever reason. I wish I was that person, but I'm just not. And as I'm getting older, I'm realizing why waste my time trying to be something if the joy isn't there in the first place of just the act of doing said thing. So I took what I know I wanted to do from the past, going all the way back to when I was in eighth grade. I was very fortunate to have an opportunity in middle school to get nominated for my science department to write an essay, I believe it was five pages or some number of words, to apply for a contest being run by Nickelodeon TV Network. And lo and behold, my essay went really well. I then had to do a phone interview with the producers of the show. And they ended up picking six kids from across the United States. There were three boys and three girls. And they took us to Thailand, which was an amazing experience. I had never been out of the country before. And it was my first time not only out of the country, but traveling to a place like Thailand. I remember writing, I think I was actually on the phone interview. They were asking me what my concept of Thailand was at the time. And I had no idea. I, I put in, I put in my writing or on the, on the phone call, whatever it was that I thought it was some sort of dry environment, sort of deserty. I had no clue. I didn't have a single idea where Thailand was. I look back now a little embarrassed that I didn't know more about it, but it is what it is. And it worked. So I was chosen along with five other kids from the country to go to Bangkok for this TV show. We stayed in Bangkok for a couple days, explored. And then the actual TV show was about us learning how to become mahouts, which is an elephant trainer in Thai. So we rode a van to Chiang Mai on an elephant sanctuary and we spent our days living as mahouts do. And we were really blessed to have one elephant that we worked with and we worked directly with that elephant's specialized mahout. And oftentimes these mahouts would spend the entire lifetime of the elephant working with them. And we did amazing things. We went to animal hospitals where elephants were there. We got to see some elephants that had been hurt by Mines had been planted in wars in the past. Um, if they happened to go into Burma, um, they also had injuries possibly from trying to 
forage and eat crops on farmers' land, and sometimes those farmers would come out and shoot them, unfortunately. Um, I had an experience of holding on to a thermometer with a plastic glove that went up to my shoulder, and I had to do what I got to do to take the elephant's temperature, and you just put your entire arm up their butthole, which was life-changing. Not really, <laughs> but it was very interesting, and nobody else on the on the squad except for me and one other kid named Danny did it. But I digress. The point of all this is that while I was in Thailand, experiencing this amazing adventure in a new country, I had the pleasure of meeting the woman who came up with this TV program on Nickelodeon. It was called Nick News Adventure. It was a special. They would do it for 30 minutes periodically on Nickelodeon. Every single episode was different. It wasn't like they were always going to a country. And Linda Ellerby was the one that ran this. She was a journalist back in her day that had covered tons of different major events through American history in her career. And this was sort of her passion project. And I remember sitting down with Linda and having a chance to just talk with her. And I was absolutely fascinated that she gets to do this all the time. Obviously, I was pretty young. I was in eighth grade. I didn't understand that there were a lot of challenging parts to her job. I just saw that she was traveling and she got to hang out with us and do amazing things and they filmed it. But I do remember asking her in a nutshell, okay, so you're a journalist. Throughout your career, you basically, if I get this right, you travel the world, you meet people, you experience things with said people, and you write about it. And she said, basically, yeah. And that put me on this track of wanting to learn everything I could about going into journalism. And for the first time in my life, I thought, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do with my life. Up until that point, I never really understood all the different avenues for a career. I didn't really consider all the different places I could go. It wasn't something that I discussed in my family much. And as far as I knew, you just became a businessman, quote unquote. And that was kind of what success looked like. You wear a suit, you go to an office, you click, click, clack on a keyboard and you, you do business. But in my family, those you know careers, and especially in white-collar jobs, it just wasn't something that was very um, familiar to me. I didn't have first knowledge, first-hand knowledge of it. But this journalism thing, that was the first time I realized, wow, this is something I could actually do. And I think part of it really inspired me or got me excited and passionate because innately I think that I am... There's a, there's a big part of me that wants to be a storyteller. I know that sounds really cliche, but, and maybe not even storyteller, but I just, I enjoy, I enjoy stories like most of us, but I also really enjoy the process of thinking through different topics, thinking through how to, how to communicate and understand different topics and, and bring your own perspective on it. Now, 
And I also love talking to people in general. I think it's just fascinating. I find, I find people really interesting. Well, fast track to college, got through high school, got into a four-year um, major university, University of Oregon, which was very exciting. I was first generation to go to a four-year university like this. I felt very grateful that I was able to, to be there with the support of my parents. And I decided I am going to jump into journalism school. I was lucky enough that Oregon had one of the top public journalism schools in the country. And I knew what I was going to do. So I went into journalism, hoping to hone in this craft and become a future version of Linda Ellerby in my life. Well, once I got into college and I started studying journalism, I quickly, I quickly realized a couple of things that kind of set me back on my motivation. Number one, journalism was had had really changed. It was no longer going to be, or it was no longer really objective, uh, as more and more news sources were going online, and mostly on TV as well. A lot of it was just for clickbait. The stories were not so much focused on the facts. They were a little bit more focused on what's going to get more interest and more eyeballs. That's become obvious in today's world. Everyone kind of knows about that, it seems. But at the time, I didn't really realize that that's the direction that all of journalism was going. And luckily, I did have a professor that made that very clear to us that that's just the case. And so that kind of turned me off. The other thing that turned me off is I learned and started realizing that, uh, and it pains me to admit this or say this because money isn't everything, but there, there wasn't a lot of money in a journalism career, especially at the beginning. Now uh, you can make a fantastic living if you really commit and you, you put in a lot of time there. But at this time in college, you know, it, there, there weren't a lot of opportunities through social media or YouTube or podcast, or, you know, maybe there, there were at the time and I just missed out on that, that, that thought or that concept. But I knew that I, I wanted to make, I wanted to make money. I was at a time where growing up, I didn't, my family didn't have a lot of money. I saw a struggle financially and that was something that at the time was very important to me. So lo and behold, my concept of journalism and this, this creative outlet that journalism could, could be started to go out the window. I transitioned and specialized on public relations because I figured, hell, well, hey, that's, that has to do more with the corporate world. There's more opportunity for growth. There's more opportunity for financial stability and, and just an opportunity to make a lot more money. But the passion was no longer there. I felt like I was going into it, not necessarily for the wrong reasons, but I just wasn't excited anymore. And so I kind of went through the motions. I mean, I definitely worked hard in college. I got through it. I graduated, which was amazing. And ironically, I didn't even go into journalism nor PR. I had an opportunity to do some sales jobs here and there throughout college. And then when I wanted to study abroad, I went out to St. Louis, Missouri and sold pest control door to door for a summer and made a lot of money. 
And I realized at that time that, okay, I can take my, my innate ability and, and desire to speak to people, to build an instant connection with people and have an opportunity to make a lot of money through sales kind of brings the best of both worlds. Obviously this is a over-exaggeration of what sales is, but in general, that was, that made sense to me. So I came back once I graduated, I went out in the world and I found me a sales job. Fast track to today. It's just been eating at me. I just have not had the passion or, or the, I haven't really had the motivation to jump back into some creative endeavor. And as of late, the big catalyst for me was this guy that I found on my YouTube feed. His name is Van Neistat. That might sound familiar. If you don't know who Van is, you likely know who his brother is, Casey Neistat. He's one of the top performing vloggers on YouTube and has been for a long time. And what's interesting is I, I've known about Casey, but I've never really watched his videos. But for whatever reason, I clicked on one of Van's videos. And I think I saw the last name and I just thought, huh, I know Casey Neistat have never heard of Van, but I gave it a shot. And this guy was, is fascinating to me. This guy is a beam of creative light to me. I started watching his, his videos. They're not necessarily very long. Some of them, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Some of them are around 10 minutes, but what caught my attention was his absolute passion for the art that he creates. And he has such a unique style to the way that he creates his videos and the way that he just operates in his life. That was, it filled a cup that I didn't even know existed. Or it filled a part of my cup that I didn't know existed. I mean, it was as simple as just the way that he films different angles of things he's doing in his shop. The way his shop is put together, the way he's put together, he's always wearing this blue kind of almost like denim-like button-up shirt, sleeves rolled up. He's got his Carhartt work pants on with the extra patches on the knees and all the different pockets on the sides for his tools. He's even created these glasses. I believe they're prescription glasses that are a mix between like classic Ray-Ban Wayfair glasses and shop glasses. So they protect his eyes from the sides. I, I think he made these himself. I'm not sure. And he's always got this cool pencil that I don't want to spoil anything, but he, he's, he likes to everything in his life. He either wants to create it himself or he wants to customize it and make it his own. And this concept of creating his own stuff or customizing his own things, it fascinates me. I've, again, I've never been that kind of person to create things or make things like that. And when I've looked into Van Neistat, it seems he's always wanted to be a, an engineer. He's one of those classic guys that claims that when he was little, he was always breaking things down, taking them apart, trying to put them back together. Something breaks, he'd buy the new parts with his with his money that he had or his whatever his uh, allowance and he'd go buy the right things and put it back together that's never been me but but the way that he builds these videos and his passion behind it and the level of detail that he puts into it was inspiring 
albeit a little overwhelming or a little bit intimidating if I were to try and be a filmmaker because he obviously knows what he's doing and he's been doing it for a long time. In fact, Van, I haven't watched it yet, but Van had a show with his brother Casey on HBO, a season, where it was basically vlogs before vlogs became popular. And so although his videos are a little bit a little bit intimidating to me if I were to be a a videographer or making my own films, what I love about his style is that he is absolutely, or at least it seems to me, he is not interested in perfection at all. In fact, the way that he makes things, the way he has organized his shop, the way he has built simple things throughout his house or around his house, like the gate lock mechanism for his gate to go from the side of the house down the stairs to the front of the house. Or in an episode, he has a very sketchy driveway in the foothills of, of I think, L.A. And so there's a lot of blind corners, including where his driveway is. So to mitigate the chance that anybody gets T-boned drive backing out of his driveway, he just bought these lights, um, like like caution lights that he put on top, like a light bar on top of his truck. He found the mechanisms to wire it to his car battery. And then he had this like inexpensive piece of equipment that gave him a, a, I don't know if it was Bluetooth or what it was, but a little remote control. And he got a few different ones so that you could literally turn this light on from the house before you went down uh, to drive the other car out of the driveway. I mean, just these little things. And he doesn't worry himself over, oh, well, you know, I don't know how to do it. I, I'm not sure if it's going to work out. He just he just does it and he's not afraid to figure it out as he goes along. And he and he seems to me to have a lot of joy in that process of whether it's fixing something or being creative. And so I've been watching his videos for a while now. And I noticed myself having this this desire to go out and use my hands and, and, and fix things at first. It wasn't necessarily creating things, but I wanted to fix things. This is also, this has never been a me thing. In fact, for whatever reason, and we can, you know, dive into this. God, I'm not making this a therapy session. It could be. I have explored why these things scare me, and it goes back to my childhood and how I was raised. At the end of the day, things where I don't think that I'm going to be naturally gifted at, I tend to overemphasize the challenge that it's going to be and then I and then I tell myself that, well, it's not even worth starting because I'm not going to do it the right way. And I have this idea in my head that there is a right way and a wrong way. And the fact of the matter is, life is not binary. Life is not ones and zeros like that. But in the environment I was raised in, this is the right way. This is the wrong way. And so with, with pro even projects in my house. I just would never start them because if I didn't know how to do it the right way, it just didn't seem like it was worth the time to me. It, was, it, it felt like a mountain. And even though subconsciously and sometimes even consciously, I knew that this was something weighing on me. And it could be as simple as living in my house for almost three years and the garage is not organized or not, you know, not clean. Things don't have a place to go because... I didn't know what pieces of equipment I needed to hang certain tools in there or, 
or I didn't, I didn't know a correct way to organize a garage in a way that makes sense when you own a home. Again, simple things, and I could definitely ask for help, but it just felt overwhelming. And so after watching Van's videos, I just started not caring about necessarily the, the outcome, and even going a step before the outcome, not caring if I'm going to do it a right or a wrong way. I just, I just wanted to do things. So I started grabbing my drill and just fixing little things I've been putting off in the house. I mean, like the dishwasher, we got a new dishwasher. And every time you open the arm or the, the door, it would just kind of fall forward because it wasn't drilled into our countertop. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want to drill into the countertop because we've got granite on there. And what if the screw goes through too far and I crack the count? Simple things. Just all I had to do was measure the thickness of the wood under the countertop, get a screw that would fit in there and wouldn't touch the granite and zzz, screw it in. Simple. But I didn't even give my ch- myself the chance to look at that, that project before because I just felt like, oh, well, I, I'm not going to know how to do it the right way. I didn't, I didn't grow up fixing things. And then it started bleeding into, you know, we've got a pocket door downstairs that I had to pop off the, the molding of the door to pull the pocket door out so that I could fix the little, uh, the little mechanism. I don't know what it's called, a little rolly mechanism on the top. Um, and I did that. And guess what? I haven't put it back up because I need to get a new rolly mechanism. And we've got one half of a, of a door frame that's all the moldings torn off. Who cares? at least I'm, at least I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm going in the direction. And I started to get this momentum as I worked through the house and started doing little projects here and there, including organizing the garage, by the way. And I've also organized what we call our Costco cupboard in the basement where all of our extra things go. And I've started working on organizing the, um, we have like a shop, like a tool shed area in our basement, a little small room. So I'm moving in that direction. And once those projects started getting completed, I then had this newfound energy to want to do something creative. And this is that creative project. I thought about doing writing. I thought about making a blog and maybe I will. But again, I've, I've been inspired by Van and honestly by a lot of other people, but Van has been the catalyst lately to just do it, whatever it is. And my goal with this podcast, at least right now, is to just just do it. Don't worry about the outcome and enjoy the process. Right now, I'm, I'm trying not to worry about who's going to listen to this. But if you listen to my last episode with Ryan, there definitely is a fear there. So I'm hoping that over time, and I, and I have faith that over time, I'll find my voice and I, and I won't be so concerned about who's going to be listening to it and how it sounds on their end. But for right now, I'm dealing with that and it's a work in progress and it's a bit of a struggle, but, but I am having an absolute blast and I'm feeling like I'm in a pocket, like I'm on a track right now, like I'm in my flow state. I'm, I'm doing something that feels right. And instead of fighting that, with a number of excuses like, oh, well, I don't know how to do it or I'm not going to do it the right way. I'm channeling my inner Van Neistat and I am just going for it. We'll see where it leads. So I want to say thank you. I'm looking forward to more episodes with other guests. And if you are interested, you have ideas 
please feel free to let me know um, wherever this podcast is found. If you can find the contact information, send me your ideas. I'm open to them. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks.